Well, good morning and welcome to the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing well. Are you still thinking about Hannah's prayer? Because I am. I've had a chance to talk to a couple people after listening to the podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, go back and listen to the last episode and then listen to this one um, because it really is something that has been very intriguing to many of us as we think about what Hannah did and her response to not dealing with the ridicule that she was receiving. She did a couple things that I just think is so appropriate for us as believers that we have to do. And there's so many learnings in there. So let's go back into uh, Hannah's prayer. And I just want to point out a couple things that kept jumping out at me. Let's get into it. So when you think about Hannah, when you think about her prayer, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to a couple individuals who were texting back and forth, uh, one being Sister Shepherd, which I've talked to her or mentioned her name many times of being very inspirational uh, and influential in my development and teaching, etc. And we were going back and forth and, and we were just couldn't get over her prayer. And I want to challenge us. So I want to just go through just a little bit of it. I'm not going to read it again, but I just want to pull out what kept jumping out to me. And maybe it did the same thing for you. But if you understand what she did, who prays for something that you don't have, that you really have a desire to have it. And then once you receive it, you give it away. Who does that? To longing for a child, and not just a child, she wants a son. So she doesn't have any children altogether. She's barren. And I can only imagine the grief, the heartache, the uh, the shame she may have felt about not having a child when the other wife actually has children. But to go to the Lord in prayer, which was Definitely the right thing to do. I agree with your corn, uh, Pastor Corn, uh, Cornelius, on that one. But to go to the Lord in prayer and to ask specifically for a son and to put a vowel in there that, Lord, if you grant this request, this is what I'm going to do. Who prays like that? And the vowel was simply. I'm going to make sure that he's consecrated and he's devoted to you. Not, you know, just through his teenage years or not when he gets, you know, older for the rest of his life. I want him to be dedicated, consecrated for you and in her prayer request. I don't know if I've ever prayed like that, but we, I, we should, I should. And she did exactly what she said she was going to do. And that's what I'm getting at because there's, many things that we pray for. Lord, bless us with a job. Bless us with a spouse. Lord, bless us with children. Lord, bless us financially. Lord, bless me with peace. Lord, bless me with this. But when he does it, how does he get glory from it? That's kind of where I'm going because her prayer request was was simply something so dear, something so precious that she wanted the Lord to be glorified and get glory from the answered prayer. In other words, it's like she had a mindset to say, guess what? 
even though I'm praying to you, God, I realize that this this prayer request, if it is granted, it's not mine. And so many times I think what gets us in trouble is that when the Lord answers prayers for us, we think it's ours. But she tells us and she models for us that even the birth of a child, she's saying, Samuel is not mine. And that is the part that I just can't let go because the things that normally get us in trouble is when we take possession and ownership of something that the Lord has given us to give back to him in order for him to get glory out of it. And maybe we all have prayed. I know I'm raising my hand. I have about Lord, you know, if you do this, then I'll do this. And trust me, I'm good for it. And I haven't always been good for it. Matter of fact, I'll just say I'm, I'm totally depraved and deprived that I have not been good for it. But I think as I continue to look at the text, and I hopefully you see this, everything should be for his glory. Every Everything you pray for, everything you have should be for his glory. Your job. And I talk to a lot of Christians. They don't like their job. They don't like their boss. They don't like their co-workers. They don't like the things they do. Uh, things that they're doing, the work they do. And I'm saying maybe they're, per but these also could be the same people who actually pray for a job and pray for that. And then the Lord answers the request. And now you have a job when you didn't have a job, or you have a vehicle when you didn't have a vehicle, or you have a spouse when you didn't have a spouse, all the different things that we pray for. What I'm trying to bring to light is how is God glorified through answering your prayer? And I think the one thing we have to remember that even finances are not ours. They're not ours. Even all the material things that he's blessed us with, they're not ours. They are used as a means, as a resource for us to be able to share it with his people. Now, I'm going to share this uh, story because uh, Sister Shepherd said this and we were actually talking about this. So um, even your home. Even the room that you don't want anybody to go into. How can that be used for God's glory? And you pray for the house, right? Or you pray for the car. How are you using it for his glory? And so I want to just challenge us as we think about um, Hannah's prayer. And maybe you're praying for a different position in your job or you're praying for a promotion. And I think it's okay to pray that. You should pray for those things. But as you're praying for that, what are you vowing to the Lord if he grants you that you're the boss, you're in charge now. Now you um, have a team of staff. And I think everything we do, and I'm hopefully this challenges all of us because it has challenged me, one, to continue praying for my team and my staff. I pray for my family. I try to pray for my family and cousins and friends like every day. I try my best to, my church and every, uh, et cetera. But I also want to make sure that one, I'm modeling uh, for the blessings that he has bestowed on me, the blessings he has bestowed upon you, we should be making good on what we have been praying for. So I hope you are blessed uh, by that. I promise we'll get into John 17th chapter on the next one, because that one right there will probably take a couple episodes when you realize that uh, Jesus actually prayed for us. Us. This prayer is like, it's, it's the greatest prayer in the Bible, and I'm trying to take my time and study in it. It is, it is so rich with information. So if you want to uh, go ahead and beat me there, go ahead and 
look at John, the 17th chapter, and just read it, I promise you, you'll probably be in tears because uh, uh, there's a, so many different facets and components of this prayer that it may take us probably, I don't know, eight, nine episodes to probably do it. So hopefully you'll stay on the journey with me. Uh, you guys be blessed and talk to you later. Take care.